the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God says, you want it to be about your kingdom? Go ahead, big boy. See how that works out for you. Meanwhile, get on all fours and find something to eat. And you better start acting like one of the animals of the field because that's your only hope. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Jesus answered, you, you say that I'm a king. And in fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the what? To the truth. And everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And then Pilate says, what is truth? And that's the age we're living in. You, you, you know that, right? What is a woman? Oh, no. What is marriage? Not sure. What is your identity? Whatever you want it to be. And we've forsaken truth. But what Jesus is saying is when his kingdom comes, there is absolute truth. And we know this even from the prayer. We know it from the prayer from the beginning. Because in the beginning, he says, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. What does holy mean? It means different. It means set apart. How do I know something's different? Because there's truth and there's falsehood. We also know it's truth because he said, forgive us our trespasses. How, how do I know to, I need to be forgiven? Because there's right and there's wrong. He, he also says, as I forgive those who's trespassed against me, how do I know I need to forgive others? Because I feel hurt because something that is not true has happened to me. He even says, lead me not into temptation. How do I know I shouldn't do something? Because there's truth. All of Scripture tells us that God is about truth. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We're told that his word is truth. We're told that we should worship him. And how? Spirit and in truth. So we must be people of truth. We don't get to make up the truth. And and while this kingdom is not a political party and won't be built in Tallahassee or in D.C. or in our city, you do have a responsibility in this world you live in to stand up for truth. This is election week. As I go to vote, I'm going to be basing how I vote on the truths that I find in God's word. How in the world could I vote for candidates that stand in opposition to truth? They don't get to make up truth either. We are people of truth. This week, the Bishop of Oxford, England, has come out in favor of same-sex marriage. He said that his concern is that the church is out of step with society. 
In other words, society is believing something different from the church, and he's illustrating what is true. If the church is not salt and light, if we don't influence society, eventually society will influence the church. Let me just say something loud and clear. In this church, we're going to stand on truth, and we believe that truth is found in the Word of God. We don't base that on our feelings. We don't base that on polls. We don't base that on the ideas of the day. We base that on his truth. Why? Why would we do that? Why make a stand? Because truth changes things. This week I was meeting with my dear friend Linda Unford. I got to know Linda 12 years ago. As she scheduled an appointment with me, I was a new pastor, and she was in charge of MAD. Now, if you don't know what that means... She wasn't mad, but mad as mothers against drunk driving. And, and for years, they had met in our church, and they had a candlelight visual in the holiday season, just remembering what had happened. And, and she just wanted to check with the new pastor to make sure that they could still do that. And said, absolutely. In that first year, I kind of gave a greeting, and I went, and it was so sad. I wasn't mad, but I was sad because I heard story after story, and there seemed to be no hope. And, and I just thought, man, how do you face life's tragedies without hope? And so after that, I met with Linda, and I said, man, I want us to do this, but please, if we do it again, can I just share hope? Can I share that in the midst of what's made us mad or what makes us sad, that Jesus gives us hope? And Linda said, that sounds good to me. And I'll, I'll never forget that, that next year we kind of affected the music a little bit. And, and in my short message, I, I gave a message of hope. And Linda just loved it. And, and, and the more we did that, Linda began to kind of peek into our church from time to time. And, and one day she saw Pastor Nick out in the community. And, and, and she just knew she needed to talk to him about something. So she scheduled a meeting. And I'll never forget the day that they too came walking out of his office. And, and Pastor Nick said, Linda just prayed to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not long after that, Linda and Carl started coming more regularly to our church. And Linda and Carl both walked through the waters of believers' baptism. And their life has been impacted. And so this week when I was meeting about this year's Mad Visual with Linda, I said, Linda, you have a story that is so encouraging to me. Linda came from a Catholic background. And she said, one day, as she just continued to hear the truth of the gospel here, she began to realize that everything she had heard growing up was not right. That it wasn't right that she needed to fear God because he was going to punish her every time she messed up. But that God was a God of grace and God was a God of hope and God was a God of truth. And I said, Linda, would it be all right if I shared that story? And Linda said, please share my story because the truth has set me free. That's why we must be people of truth, but not just truth. When the kingdom comes, it will also come in grace. Now, what does this mean? Well, we must not be too gracious with the truth. We can't just be so loving that we let people believe anything they want to believe. But we can't speak the truth without showing God's grace. The Bible tells us to speak the truth and show the truth in love. There are many in the church world today that have adopted a graceless gospel. It's taking on the cancel culture of our secular world. And so we've looked at some sins whether that be sins of people in the church or sins of pastors in the church. And when they blow it in that way, we kick them to the curb. We don't know what to do with them. 
And what we're saying by our actions is that there's no hope in the gospel for you. The gospel's for everybody but you. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Truth is, for a lot of years, it's been said that the Christian army is the only army that shoots its own wounded. I believe it's worse than that. I believe we walk by them laying on the battlefield and we kick them in the gut. That that can't be what we're known for, church. We must be people of grace. That's the message of the gospel. There's been a lot of emphasis recently on the life of Jeffrey Dahmer. It's because there's a new Netflix show. I don't encourage you to watch that. I think it's pretty dark. I haven't watched it. But that's what's got his name back in the news. Jeffrey Dahmer was arrested in 1991 for being a serial killer and many other evil and horrendous things. But while he was in prison, a pastor by the name of Roy Ratliff visited with him. And he began to have Bible studies with Jeffrey Dahmer on a weekly basis. He shared the gospel with him. And, and Dahmer says he struggled with trying to accept that God's grace could apply to him. But in 1994, in an interview with Stone Phillips, he said, I've come to the belief that the Lord Jesus Christ is the creator of the heavens and the earth. It didn't just happen. I have trusted in him as my Lord and Savior. And I believe that everyone, as well as I, will stand before him one day and be accountable. Shortly after his conversion, Ratliff baptized him. And shortly after that, eight months later, he was murdered in prison. Now, it's easy to sit where we are and be skeptical about whether or not he was truly saved. That's what we do when we see somebody come from a background different than us, right? They can't. Not that person. I mean, really? Do you know what they've done? Do you know how they look? you know their background? Lindsay Knott says the type of grace is offensive to us because somewhere deep inside of us is a self-righteousness in which we believe we have the moral high ground. We don't believe that Dahmer is deserving of God's grace. And, and to say that, we're saying you're absolutely right. He doesn't deserve God's grace. But where in the world do we get the wrong belief that we do? The reality is what's impossible for us even to comprehend is possible for Jesus. The scandal of God's grace is that anyone who realizes their need for Christ can be saved. We won't know the reality of his or anyone else's conversion until heaven. But what this does tell us is that nobody is too far gone. No one is out of the reach of God's grace. 
There's no one that Jesus can't save. And regardless of what you've done, and regardless of where you've come from, and regardless of your background, God's grace is available to you too. I, I think of this Muslim background individual that Pastor Zach was leading in the recent weeks in Bible study. Every week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have Bible studies of, of students who've come to learn English, and they're from around the world, and a lot of them are from a Muslim background. And, and so we teach them conversational English while we're studying the Bible. And it leads to some great conversation. And one of these guys said to Zach, hey, I, I can't believe in God because I can't imagine that, that he would forgive me. You don't know all the terrible things I've done. How could God be holy and not punish me for what I've done. And Zach was able to open the scriptures and show him that God loves us so much that even while we were sinners, that Christ died for us. And that when Jesus died on the cross, he was taking that guy's punishment and he was taking our punishment. And that the grace of God makes God's love and his forgiveness and eternity available to us. And that day, that Muslim background individual began a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because he understood when the kingdom comes, it will come with grace. But when the kingdom comes, it also comes with power. That way we end that prayer traditionally, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. What is that talking about? Why did that become tradition? Well, God's power is spoken about throughout the early church. As Jesus walked and talked, we saw his power. His kingdom life was evident in his miracle working power. But in the early church, his power continued. In 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a matter of power. Listen, I've grown up in church. I'm around people like us all the time. I feel like we've become too much talk and not enough power. We've become content with a powerless God. We don't expect him to do the unexpected or the unthinkable. We say we believe the scriptures. But we don't believe God works in that way today. In our first service today, I was standing right over there as we were worshiping. And I looked up and I saw my friend Rick singing about how great God is. And I began to think about the reality that just a couple of months ago, he was in a hospital bed in CCU. He had, was connected to a ventilator after a massive heart attack. And was, we were told that he may not live. As he came through that, I met with him in therapy. And he said, Paul, please pray. They're telling me I may never sing again. But God, our God is a miracle-working God. Our God is a God that works in power. And so Rick could stand on this stage today and sing about how great our God is. Do you remember Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20? Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us. What does that mean? He's saying if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the power of God is in you. If you're not sensing his power, it may be that you've not submitted to his kingdom rule. Maybe you're not a part of his kingdom. So I would just ask you, where, where do you look and see his power manifested in your life? 
And just listen to me as your pastor. I'm not saying get all silly and crazy. God's never going to do anything inconsistent with his word. He's never going to contradict what he's already given us in his written word. But, But I want to be a follower of Jesus that says, God, let me know you in all of your fullness. Give me anything I don't have yet of you. Let me experience your power in ways I've never seen. Let me see your miracles amongst me. You believed, as Scripture says, that nothing is impossible with God, that all things are possible with Him. You want to be a person and a people of power. When His kingdom comes, finally, it'll come in glory. But I think this is where we get sidetracked. This prayer begins and ends with God's glory. It's all about you, Father. Jesus is called the king of glory. His is a kingdom of glory. But it's not our glory. Do you understand that? Some of us have gotten so warped by the so-called American dream that we think God is some genie in a bottle that just wants to give us what we want. That's not the intent of Scripture at all. You were put here for one purpose So that your life, having been stamped with the DNA of God, you have the Imago Dei on your life, and you were put here so that in and through everything you do, you might give Him glory. That's why scriptures say, whether I eat or drink, whatever I do, I do all for the glory of God. God loves you. He values you. He's created you on purpose for a purpose, but it's not all about you. So I just need to remind you today, there's nothing as empty as a self-centered life. Pride and praise can't coexist. There's no way you can be full of yourself and at the same time be full of the Spirit of God. So you have to choose. Eric Raymond said, you cannot cry out your kingdom come while we're still promoting our own kingdom. Sin is an expression of disloyalty to the king. It's, it's trading crown. It salutes the flag of self over the flag of Christ. That's why, like the psalmist, we must pray, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. So what's the verdict? Just go through those four things. Is his kingdom coming in you? Are you walking in truth? Are you walking in grace? Are you walking in power? Are you walking for his glory? As a church, are we standing on truth? Do people see us as a place of grace? Are we sensing the power of God? Are we here for the glory of God? I would say we are. Why is this so important? Remember how I started? Could it be? What if we're getting this all wrong? What if we're spending our time just spinning our wheels and we're doing things that are making no eternal impact? You got a good job, you drive a nice car, you live in a good house. But you're not investing in forever. Friends, I I want you to know the reason this is so important is because his kingdom is the only thing that lasts forever. The kingdom of Babylon, we read around in history, it it no longer exists. The great Roman kingdom, 
It is not what it was. The king of Prussia, the king of Russia, who are they? There are none. The British kingdom, but a shadow of what it once was. And for those who think that the American way is the only way, I would just say to you, this kingdom will not last. There's only one kingdom that lasts forever. The best illustration of this is found in the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 4, you've got this pretty amazing account. King Nebuchadnezzar, remember him? King Nebuchadnezzar. It says he's walking on his rooftop. And this is what it says. Look at Daniel chapter 4, verse 30. Daniel chapter 4, verse 30. He said, is this not the great Babylon I have built as a royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? We just think about that. It's easy for us to point fingers to him and go, that's crazy. Who would say that? We do. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've built. Look at my life. It's my best life now. It's all about me. So what does Jesus say to him? (laughs) The next verse says, even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what you decreed, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people, and you will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox. Seven times will pass by you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms of the earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. And immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people, and he ate grass like the ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. That sounds like something out of a Stephen King novel, doesn't it? I mean, that's wacky. God says, you want it to be about your kingdom? Go ahead, big boy. See how that works out for you. Meanwhile, get on all fours and find something to eat. And you better start acting like one of the animals of the field because that's your only hope. And he'll do the same for us. He'll turn us over to be the architects and the masters of our kingdoms. If that's what we so desire. But that's not what he desires. He wants you to pray. Lord. Let your kingdom come in me. Now that's the message for those of us who are part of the kingdom. Those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ. That's your application today. Lord, let your kingdom come in me in truth. Let your kingdom come to me in grace. Let your kingdom come in me in power and for your glory. But there's somebody that's hearing this. And the whole time I've been talking, you're thinking, I'm not in that group. This kingdom talk, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't feel like I'm a part of that. And you're not. And, and the reason you're awakened to that now and you're aware of that is because the Spirit of God is moving amongst us and, and He's working in your life to open your eyes. 
And so you need to hear one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's what Jesus said to a guy named Nick late one night. Nicodemus was this religious leader, and he came to Jesus in the dark, probably because he was scared to come when others would see him. And he came to Jesus, and he said, I I see that you're different. I want what you've got. How do I get it? And and Jesus said this in John chapter 3. He said, you can't even see the kingdom of God until you're born again. And Nicodemus said, uh, Jesus, I'm a grown man. <laughs> How am I supposed to be born again? And Jesus, just to show that he wasn't stuttering, said, you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you've been born again. And this Jesus who said you can't see his kingdom or you can't enter his kingdom without being born again then would go on to give us the most famous verse in all of the Bible and tell us how to be born again. He would say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. You want to be a part of the kingdom of God. And you place your trust in Jesus. And you can do that right here, right now. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.